So I found out today that, uh, do you, I don't know, on WebMD, like anytime something's wrong with me, I feel like I, I go there and I know it's like the cliche thing to like find the worst thing wrong with you. But like I end up applying all five. Like I will find a reason for all five, what, from the smallest thing to the largest thing to be wrong <laughs> with me. And like earlier, I realized that like, you know, I had like, and I'm like, actually, I'm not even gonna say the symptoms because the five people listen to this will tweet at me, what's wrong with me. But I, I had something that I noticed was different. And I was like, let me see if this is like something to be alarmed, alarmed by. And literally everyone, I was like, okay, I could find a way to apply it. So it's not just finding the worst one. So are you the same way or do you just like not care if something changed like, ah, eh, whatever? Yeah, I, I, I can't. If I go on WebMD, I make myself nuts. I, 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 I tend to try to avoid that stuff. I certainly don't avoid if I think there's something going on that I need to worry about, but I feel like self-diagnosis just makes me crazy um, you- or, or makes me makes me worse for wear, I guess. Yeah, no, it definitely makes you, I mean, my mind is always going to the worst place with or without WebMD, so it doesn't really change it, but do you think WebMD took Google's spot? Because the more I think about it, I didn't actually go to WebMD, I'm a liar, I just Googled what the symptoms were, and I clicked on like, I clicked on like five links, so I don't even think WebMD is a top five link, is WebMD living off of its name alone? Does anybody actually go there? I think WebMD is probably living off its name alone, or or people thinking to go to WebMD and they end up clicking on other random websites. I, 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 if I do look something up, I certainly do try to look at a couple of different websites to make sure that one site is not like just really but, trolling and trying to make you crazy. But do you actually go to like direct websites or do you just type in something and go to whatever is a top link there? Because I don't know oh, yeah, like no, no, no. websites. I don't, I just no, no. type no, in whatever. I'll type in what, I'll okay. type into Google and whatever the first couple of hits are, I'll, That's what you're I'll hit it. Unless yeah. it's like, unless it's like joesblog.com, I'll probably try to hit one of the top sites well, to sort on, of look you, and see what they say. Do you intentionally skip the ones that say add next to them? Because I do. I feel like if it says add next to it, I don't trust it. Like somebody paid to give me this information. So I actually go down to the ones that don't say add first. Yes, I would agree with that. I, I definitely do okay. try to, especially for something where I'm really like worried about what I'm going to find out. I certainly would skip the the ad based ones. How mad do you think people are that clicked on a podcast that said Chris Long have just heard us talk about this for a couple of minutes? So <laughs> if you're still listening, uh, welcome to Lower After Hours. Uh, it's just phlegm and ant today, uh, but we had such a disaster happen on, again, Chris Long. Uh, if you don't know who Chris Long is, one, I don't know why you're hearing this, but two, he's the most beautiful man to ever exist, uh, inside and out. Were you there for the disaster? Yeah. Let me ask this, because I know you joined a little I, late. No, I was there for disaster when okay. uh, when Will ahead, thought he'd be happened. cute and leave the Zoom and then uh, destroy it, blow it up for all of us. Yeah. And so, like, imagine, and, you know, we're on Blue Wire, Chris Long's on Blue Wire, Chris Long decided to, and to be clear, I think he was doing a few interviews throughout that time frame of the week that we did it. Taking the time out of your day, you are Chris Long. You've hundreds of millions of dollars, or maybe it's an exaggeration, but one of the best defensive players of our generation, two Super Bowls. You decide to join this podcast. 40 minutes in, and the weird thing is it was right at 40 minutes or right around. And so it looks like if you don't know how Zoom works, you have like a free trial for Zoom. It looked like we, a podcast signed to the same network he just signed to, were using like a free trial, like the old AOL disc from grocery stores. What's your, what's your AIM sign on, son? Oh, man. I think mine was like Dopey214. 214 is the area code because, of course, you had to have an area code. Of course. Yeah. So, Stake, what was your AOL sign on? Thank you. AOL sign on. Mine was Dopey 214, 214 being Dallas area code. I lived in Garland. Mine was like, it was the Peyton Manning thing. I was like, obsessed with Peyton Manning back then. 
It was like Big Orange Peyton or something like that. <laughs> I forget how long Peyton was in. Big Orange Peyton. It doesn't even make sense, but I love it. So you came in at a perfect time. Welcome, Steak. We had just got done ranting about something unrelated. But Chris Long, uh, what? Wait, and I. this is going to sound bad. And I apologize. Were you on the Chris Long pod, Steak? No, I don't know what we're doing. I just saw a Zoom link and I clicked it. <laughs> <laughs> Howdy, sorry. Hello, how are you? Oh, hey. Starting my video. Um, am I in the right lobby here? You are. Are you shocked at how many faces are looking at you in this? No, I love that. I love that. I, I actually like the energy. I think one one quick second here before we get into this. Um, we're using this for audio and video purposes. Do we have your permission to use your name and likeness for this purpose? We sure do. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And being part of Blue Wire, it'd be weird if he said no there. And we are back with another episode of Lauer After Hours. We have a special guest today. And when I say special, I do mean special because my wife, who has never shown an ounce of interest in this podcast, heard I had Chris Long coming on and all of a sudden cares about this podcast. <laughs> so welcome, my man. Well, welcome yeah. in, Chris. Hey, thank you. I love <laughs> this is awesome. I love if you can't feel confident and good about getting on a podcast with this gang, I don't know who could, man. Like I showed up on the Zoom. I see like seven faces. I love it. I love the energy. How are y'all doing? Doing great. Good, man. Yeah. Good. Fantastic. Good. Yeah. So the way this kind of works is, you know, it's kind of almost like an around the horn passing of questions. We're going to kick this off over here with Steve. Hey, Chris. Thanks for joining us. So yeah. uh, I'm a huge Patriots fan and even though it was just a one year with us, you were already, we were definitely one of my top Patriots of all time. You just seemed like such a down there dude. You're great in the field. So appreciate that year. Not the next year so much, but that year was great. Hey, appreciate you. It was an awesome year, man. Some of my best buddies in the world I play with on that team. So perfect. So kind of piggybacking on that, just so you play for a couple of teams over your career. If you have a favorite one um, or just a favorite season, and then just kind of what was it like playing in New England and uh, specifically under Belichick? Yeah, absolutely. First off, um, I have so much respect for Bill. You know, like I've said this a lot, he can go around the field and coach each position with more aptitude than the position coach. And I'm not saying that like it's a knock on the position coach. That's a rarity. If you like, you can hear that as a fan and think, wow, that's great. But like, if you played in the league, you know that a lot of, you know, a lot of head coaches are not hands-on outside of their scope of interest. Like if they're OCs, they're going to focus on offense and vice versa. So Bill's not only that way, but he also is pretty honest with me for all the, the flack he gets. I think sometimes we make him look like Darth Vader. And really there's a lot of coaches that, that skate because they're relatively charming and they're actually assholes or they're actually liars and you know or they actually fake it till they make it and no I'm not going to name anybody but I am saying and I'm not saying that I had any of these coaches as head coaches but that's the reality of the league so I love Bill I still have a decent relationship with him by that I mean I text him once a year and he texts back which is cool um so it was a great year man and as for a favorite like hey listen they were all different it's not a cop-out everybody knows I probably identify most as an eagle now I would identify identify as a St. Louis Ram till the day I died. Like if it weren't for the fact that they moved and I don't have anything against them. It's part of the business. I hate that for the people of St. Louis, but you know, we really, we really busted our asses for eight years and went one and 15 and two and 14 and missed the playoffs and dealt with injuries. And, and those fans never turned their backs on us. So I love St. Louis, but because I finished in Philly and because of the historic nature of that Super Bowl for Philly, it's hard not to kind of say, Hey, like when I come back to a game, it'll be, it'll be in Philly. And Boston was a great part of that chapter too. All right. Well, 
I'll let everybody else be a lot less serious about this. And I very much appreciate your time. You're good, Steve. Go Pats, do your job. <laughs> and uh, one thing, and you could tell how uh, excited we were to have you on. We didn't even do a proper intro for you. Obviously, Chris Long, not that anybody coming here wouldn't know who Chris Long is. Wow. Host of Greenlight Podcast and Chris Foundi- the ChrisLongFoundation.org, which we can get into. And obviously, you can tell us more about. But I would be, uh, I would feel bad if I made Pam wait any longer to get her questions off here. So Pam, you had some questions for Chris around about Charlottesville? I do. Hi, Chris. Hey, Pam. So I'm going to be a grief eater and talk about difficult things. Yeah. Or, or at least start with a difficult question. Um, Charlottesville is changing a lot right now for the better, I think. Um, going back to the events that happened here in August of 2017 um, with the rally moving forward, um, the removal of the statues this weekend. Yeah. Do you see Charlottesville moving in as positive a direction as I do? Um, what can, what do we all need to be doing to make Charlottesville a better and more inclusive place? Well, I think number one, we need to, you know, a lot of people have it good in Charlottesville. Um, you know, I've been counting myself as one of those people, but you know, I think we need to think about neighbors. It's just that simple, you know, like just think about who lives across town from you, you know, and that, you know, that could be access to housing, you know, that could be, services that could be schools that could be you know so i think as long as you're doing something we live in such a hypercritical society where like everybody pokes holes in each other's efforts and if it's not you know if you're not doing what i want you to do it's not good enough i think as every as long as everybody in charlottesville is pulling in the same direction it could be on a different string you know i i think that you know if you're cognizant of the realities and some of the inequities that are not they're certainly not limited to Charlottesville. I mean, it's it's America here we're talking about. Um, but Charlottesville is part of that. And then don't think of it as a bubble. It's not a bubble. Um, you know, there are other people trapped in that bubble who aren't who aren't enjoying the same opportunity as you. And so if you're thinking about your neighbors, however, you're giving effort to, you know, pull in the same direction, I think you should be happy with yourself because I think, you know, it can be easy to get desperate and think so like, I gotta do it all. You know, like the only way we change a community or the country is if everybody does a little. And so some people are going to do a lot. Some people are going to do a little. Find something that you're passionate about. For me, I've found a few things um, and and pull in the same direction. And, you know, as far as the statues are concerned, man, what a what a what a nice thing to see, you know, uh, R.E. Lee backwards on a flatbed retreating <laughs> out of Charlottesville. Uh, I loved it. I said on my podcast, if you have a problem with I me, mean, we can d- disagree on a lot of the minutiae, the nuance in, in, you know, when it comes to politics, because it is a messy scene. But when it comes to something like removing Confederate statues, like if you have a problem with that, I said on my pod, like find a new podcast, like we just can't, we, we can't be cool. If you're justifying that people have to walk by that in a public place, um, you yeah. know, especially when you consider the history of why they were erected. And, you know, I, I had a tweet that was a little bit of a, a playful tweet. Uh, you know, it was like, well, how will I remember the Civil War ever happened now? And it's just so funny to me that people, I know they don't believe that those statues are up because of history. Well, they are, but they're not the way you guys seem to mean justifying them being up. They're up because people were reinforcing uh, these insidious ideologies during Jim Crow. So like, don't like, don't hit me with the, hey, if we don't, 
like if you wanted to make an educational warning for the people of the future, you wouldn't put Robert Lee, Robert E. Lee on a horse. You would have statues all over the city reminding people of how this country was aided by slave labor, was built by slave labor, um, that we fought a war over slave labor, that we we struggled and floundered to reinforce a lot of those ideologies for even, you know, even now, 100 and almost 150 years later. So we'd have statues left and right. And I don't think people want to get into that. I don't think people want to get into that whole thing, the history Olympics here. Mm -hmm. I think we remove the statues and we plant a fucking tree or something and move on. Um, because because it was an eyesore for too many people to, for too long. And people ask, oh, yeah, man, like you. Oh, I'm sorry that bothered you so much. Well, I didn't notice it a lot, but I'm also a white dude walking through Charlottesville. So like, you know, I never stopped to read statues anyways. I'm sorry, I, you know, good or bad. Um, but if I was a black man walking through Charlottesville and had to walk by that to get to work, um, it's, it's especially considering the context of, what, of where our country is and the discussions we've been having. It's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. No other country that you take seriously has shit like this. Right. So. And those statues were placed actually strategically as well. That is a former really up and coming black neighborhood. Those statues were put there to let them know they were not welcome in Charlottesville. Right. And then you, and then you, and then you poll tax them out, mm -hmm. you know, which and, and so I, I just think like, and here's the thing, you talk about a backfire if you're trying to reinforce that this country is squeaky clean. And I'm not somebody who's like down with America. We're the only bad place in the world. I think like the world sucks and we're part of it. I think and that's the way I look at it. Um, and we're not exceptional in the ways that we think we are, but we have an opportunity to be like, I'm an optimist as far as the future is concerned. But if we want to go down this road, as far as like, we got to know, we need our country's history in our faces. I don't think a lot of these people will be down for some of the statues that would be being erected if we were being historically accurate. Yep. I agree. I agree. Thank you so much for that. And on a lighter note, no problem. Um, I do transitions. <laughs> Awkward transition. <laughs> um, I am a huge foodie. I love to eat out. I love to eat out in Charlottesville. What are your favorite places? Local yeah. places? Yeah, I love Maya. I mean, I always tell people to oh, go yeah. because it's just good chill southern food. They have some of the best appetizers all the way through dessert. They got options. I love the people. Shout out to Ted, one of my mm -hmm. favorite bartenders. Um, so there's Maya, there's there's uh, you know places like Riverside, if you want to get a burger, um, Mel's, which is right down the street. You know, if you want to go get a beer and a burger, um, you know, there's plenty of places on the mall. Fitzroy, my buddy owns Fitzroy. I just think like Charlottesville, and we saw this during the pandemic, the restaurant business was so integral to like the life and the vitality of the city. And it was tough seeing them all shut down. So there were so many good efforts to kind of kind of lend a helping hand i thought it was cool because you know it's not the most important thing like people's wellness is important like and there was a lot of problems to to deal with last year um but the restaurant business is such a is such a key piece in charlottesville and so i appreciate those folks they work really hard absolutely so while we're sticking to very unique ge geographical locations chris i believe you had a question for chris I do, Chris. Thanks for joining us, man. Um, so I've got a uh, an anniversary coming up, and uh, I know you're a man of high quality and refinement uh, and class. So I'm thinking <laughs> about going down to Myrtle Beach for the weekend. Uh, what would be your ideal Myrtle Beach weekend getaway? Now I've got um, now I've got, <laughs> I've got bad news for you guys. I don't know if you saw the whole 
Rod Carricker thing where I said that I fooled the local news and said I was going to Myrtle Beach and had timeshare and I'm getting a lot of votes. I'm sh- I want to be ashamed to admit this, but I've never been to Myrtle Beach. <laughs> what? Oh, breaking oh news on Louder God. After Hours. Hey, listen, listen, my favorite city, like if I'm going to be going down that way, I'm going to Savannah. Okay. I just, I haven't been to Myrtle Beach. I have nothing against it. I'd love to go. Uh, but anytime you're going to a place like that, I think you find the bar that's closest to the water and you start there and you start at the bar that's close to the water with, with the least, um, with, with, with the cheapest beer and you know, the bartender that knows everybody. And you ask that person, like people spend hours on the internet, on Reddit and on Quora and on all this bullshit. I get it. But like, go ask somebody that's living it every day. I would go, I would go straight to the, the bar closest to the water um, that plays like Jimmy Buffett and shit like that and ask him what to do. Hell yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm ashamed that you've never been to Myrtle Beach. Uh, I'm just about an hour north of it. So, uh, you know, it's a nice, nice little getaway. I mean, I'm in Wilmington, North Carolina. So uh, I've been to Wilmington. I like Wilmington. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. 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 Well, if you ever need advice, uh, you know, on where to go or anything, let me know. My, my oh, buddy, yeah. my buddy hangs out at the, a place called the poor house. He's got oh, a yeah. bunch of dude friends. They're all tattooed. Hell yeah, we're all tattooed. We've all, we've all, yeah, we're all bearded and bald headed and tattooed. Tatted spot. Yeah, exactly. Hell yeah. All right, Chris, thanks, man. Appreciate you. Hey, no problem, man. I love that uh, Chris shamed him twice. One, by never going to Myrtle Beach, and two, by calling out Reddit to somebody that moderates a Reddit page. No, I'm on Reddit all the time. I'm on Reddit all the time. In fact, one of my best friends in the media started as a reddit moderator and that's uh mina Kimes. i, I think no mina was a moderator no wonder I, well, her and mark from reddit are so good friends. i, I don't want to fumble over a reddit like uh term terminology I'm like yeah. a noob where i'll look it up and they'll have to ask me to go into the app and i have to switch over and like i can't keep my shit together but she definitely ran a seahawks page so i love reddit i'm kind of the last five years a lot more into reddit but as far as like getting the local fare i go straight to the people Speaking of uh, food that Pam had asked and recent tweets that you made, Pal saw one of your recent tweets and he had a follow-up question to it. So, Pal, would you have there? Hello, Chris. Hey, very Pal. nice to meet you. I just want to nice. say you're very handsome. <laughs> I feel like I need to get that out of the way. Second Thanks, of all, <laughs> No problem. Uh, game respect game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you, uh, bro. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Other than that hat, bro, you got the same uh, the same aura going on. You know what? I'm no longer a fan. It's just football players, so I wanted to get into the mode. I love it. Um, Look at that leather helmet. Thank you. Thank you. So normally I'm the competition guy and I like to ask competition questions, but I came across a tweet when I was doing my research on you, sir. And you said you're a cereal man yeah. at all PMs. And I myself in the same way. I normally mm-hmm. don't eat anything in the morning, but I'll have a good three to four bowls of cereal. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, Cheerios, General Mills, if you're out there, the apple cinnamon Cheerios are just my absolute favorite. Mm. Uh, huge fan of that. So I want to know, you know, some of your favorite cereals, please. Oh, man. like I have so many, and there are special occasion cereals like Frosted Flakes that are just loaded with sugar. I used to eat them before football games because I figured that's when I was going to burn the sugar off. Like, that was the only time in my 30s that I could feel good about it. it was, like, right before I ran out in the tunnel. So I would just eat Frosted the flakes dry at like 12.05 p.m. before 1 p.m. Um, at night, the thing I think about Frosted Flakes or any of these, or even some of these healthier cereals, which all have sugar in them, like if you actually look, like even the kind stuff, which I, I eat the apple cinnamon one. Uh, the thing about it is when you're a kid, people explain to you that a breakfast is just so healthy, right? You know, it's so important to eat breakfast and you're just shoveling like corn pops in your mouth and Lucky Charms and you don't think it's unhealthy. 
I think the same thing happens as an adult when I have the munchies and I'm like, well, I already ate dinner. I shouldn't have dessert, but how about a bowl of Lucky Charms with almond milk? You know yeah, what I mean? My man, I'm an almond milk guy myself. Me yes. too. Me too. Which one? Uh, I've been go sometimes I like to go to Aldi to get you know the Aldi brand because it's a little bit cheaper. But mm -hmm. I go I go the 60 calorie one. I I get a little bit of the sugar in it, the sweetened kind. You yeah, know, I like I, the almond. I like almond breeze. I think silk is a little bit like papery. But I'm also really cognizant of the fact that it takes a lot of water to make almond milk. And I have a water charity. So I'm like trying to figure out ways to be more responsible. But I just, I yeah, I would say like run down the list. I, I don't think there's a cereal I, I dislike. That's the problem. Like a short list would be the cereals I dislike. I mean, I love Apple Jacks. I love uh, Rice Krispie Treats. You know what I love? A bowl of uncooked oatmeal with blueberries in them and on, almond milk. That's when I'm really getting my health kick, kick on. I'm just a big guy of like Cheerios because they've been coming out with everything lately. Yeah. So you got your frosted Cheerios, your cinnamon oh, yeah. Cheerios, your chocolate Cheerios, your peanut butter and chocolate Cheerios. Which whoa, whoa, whoa. They got peanut butter and chocolate? Oh my gosh, do they? It's a great substitute for the Reese's Pieces cereal because it tastes just the same. Okay. No, I mean, like, I just pulled it up. I love Pops. I mentioned that. Frosted Flakes. Um, I'm not a huge Raisin Bran guy. Sorry to say. I love Fruit Loops. Nobody is. Yeah. I'm a big Fruity Pebbles guy growing up in my youth. Fruity Pebbles. That should be illegal. That should, that's an American cereal right there. <laughs> I'm a big fan of life. You guys are all like, I think you, yeah, I think, yeah you were life. met with you were met with silent disagreement yeah, from everybody. Life's OK. Well, when you turn 36 and you, you, you the whole metabolism thing slows down, I feel I don't feel guilty about eating life. But look a little closer. There's a lot of sugar tricks, the whole thing. You're talking, you're talking to a man who knows about a slow metabolism right here. <laughs> OK, OK, you know good. I mean? Yeah, I can eat cereal any time of night. It's it's guiltless. Same. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I've never heard such great analysis on almond milk. He, and we obviously have to go to the cheaper brand. I think Blue Wire may have a different deal with you than with us, Chris. So we're <laughs> still going to all these. All right. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, no. So speaking, you mentioned the water and the product you have, obviously, Water Boys. Were you able to do this last year with everything happening? I don't know what time of year you typically did. Yeah. Was it able to be done? Or if not, kind of how did you work around to still try to drive in the donations? Yeah. So, you you know, last year was tough for any foundation, right? Like, it just was a grind. And it kind of, like, made you reexamine, like, why you're doing it. Because you're not getting the cheers. You're not, like, that's not why you do it. But no one can deny that you need positive momentum when you're sitting there for hours, like, trying to galvanize people to do something you're trying to get people to raise money you're trying to get athletes to want to leverage their platform a year like last year it, it kind of you got to dig deep man and we all had to so shout out to nicole and kim um who who helped run my foundation and um we actually were able to grow we kind of took the year we couldn't go to africa you know actually the last time i was in tanzania uh, I just missed COVID keeping me locked in there. I was there like beginning of March uh, during the old pandy there. And uh, I was in a hotel and I always remember seeing the damn news in Italy and it just looked apocalyptic. And I was like, man, I'm flying through Amsterdam. That's how I always get home. Like, I don't know if I'm going to get home. And I just made it by like a week. And in fact, when I got home, I kind of thought I had COVID, honestly, at that point. Uh, I had like a really dry cough, which I never get that hung around for like two weeks and I just felt tired. So maybe I just diagnosed myself with COVID right here, but like it was scary. And then it was a start to a really unnerving year in a lot of ways, but with your foundation, it's hard to raise money. People are battening down the hatches and I get it. I also felt guilty asking people for money. You know what I mean? 
you know, so we tried to kind of take the opportunity to not solicit as much. And we tried to regroup and grow. And we started Water for Her with the help of my wife, Meg, who, uh, who got a bunch of uh, female influencers to come to the table to help us because one of the things about water boys is like we call it water boys because it's an nfl program okay like so i'm i you know like that's why it's called water boys i had a few people ask me that like so far just boys in the nfl but like i met billy jean king and she was like why is it called water boys and i was like well i just i explained very respectfully what i just said but she was like you guys should have a program for girls and i was like awesome like that'd be great i'd love for you to to head it up and she was like, oh, we'll talk to it. We'll talk. <laughs> what a good counter. Like, oh, good idea. Yeah, I was like, good. Do you want to run it right now? Yeah. But like, um, but we've been thinking about ways to 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 kind of highlight the women's issue that exists really, you know, not within or under the umbrella of the clean water crisis. Like the Venn diagram is a circle because, you know, for an East African woman, that is her life. A lot of times like gathering water going on these dangerous tracks you know kids are held out of school and imagine going and taking your kids and now as a parent it's so easy for me to understand like if the thermostat is a little low in my kids room my wife's waking me up at two in the morning you think it's okay at 71 i'm like meg dude it's fine like i just got back from east africa where you know women are trekking six to eight miles to gather brown water for their children that they know could kill their children, but it's your only chance. And so that reality is something we have to work to eradicate. And so we started Water for Her um, because if, if you look at studies, um, like, you know, I'm, I'm no um, sociologist or anthropologist, although I majored in sociology, but you know, the experts show you very clearly that if you empower women, if it wasn't enough to appeal to your sense of like morality, I mean, if you're some, if you're some like, hey, I just care about society as a whole. Well, if women are rocking and rolling and they have the opportunities that we do, our society is a lot better, you know, because they kind of get shit done <laughs> and and they and they and they kind of drive the bus. Um, and certainly we have a role in society, but to leave East African women and women all over the world out of this equation um, that is like building a better society that's more productive, it's totally backwards. It's totally backwards from a standpoint of like leaving people you care about behind, but it's also backwards from a standpoint, do you want to survive? Like, and so, you know, getting women in America involved and empowered in the fight for, you know, our goal is 100,000 East African women and we start there and move out. It's awesome. We also do domestic work with Hometown H2O and we're, we've been doing clean water projects now for five years and we've provided like 500,000 people with clean water and our goal is a million and we work a lot in East Africa. So waterboys.org, if you're listening, check it out. Just to repeat, that's a waterboys.org. With that, what we'll do is we'll kind of do a transition as smooth as possible to Schweitz uh, over in Canada. Schweitz, you had a question about uh, the Hall of Famer that is. Yes. Uh, how you doing, Chris? What's up, brother? I, so we're around the same age. Um, I grew up in Canton, Ohio, so I've heard your father's name you know, <laughs> yeah. long before his, his uh, TV career took off. Yeah, uh, but but I just wanted to ask: once he retired from football and started getting into more of the acting roles, the cameos, the the you know the Radio Shacks, what was that like for you? Was that just like 
cool to see your dad in Broken Arrow all of a sudden? Like, were you telling all your friends about that? Was that a cool transition? It, it was cool, but it also sucked because it was like, all right, dad, you're already famous, man. Like, now you're going to go do movies. And now, like, the kids that didn't see you play, now they have something to chant. Like, so you just give them more ammo. But also, like, I'm just busting his balls. Like, my dad busted his ass for a long time playing at a very high level. And they didn't make the money that we made, you know? And, you know, so when he got out, I'm not saying he was poor, but he didn't have the money we have. Like, quite literally, you look at some of the money these guys were making when they were, like, defensive player of the year. It's insane how far that's come. Yeah. Um, so when he got out, he had to make his money doing NFL on Fox. He had to make his money, you know, for him, like, his wild hair led him to want to be in a movie with Christian Slater and John Travolta. Like my wild hair makes me do something completely different, but we all have something that we want to do when we retire to stretch the limits of like who we are and what we can do. And I was really, pr I'm proud of him looking back because he tried something, but also he got out. Like he tried and he was like, yeah. And the podcast stops there because of our unprofessionalism. Now you may think that us cutting Chris Long off on a Zoom is as unprofessional as we can be. Enjoy this little tidbit from before we started recording Chris Long, and then we'll get back to the podcast. I'm gonna try to work. Are we on doing it. this Sunday? I yeah, I have no other uh, set releases for Sunday, so perfect. This will be my last going away gift before I disappear on y'all for a while. Dope. Be gone. Is, uh, is, is me dropping off gonna mess up the video? Because I'm I'm leaving the second my question's over. I mean, it'll adjust the order, but. Okay. Hey guys, I'm having an issue with my uh, internet, so I'm going to be on the phone. Just save me till later if you don't mind. I'm going to run home and uh, hook up there. Hey, yeah. I'm going to hop off of here and change my uh, background to my Twitter profile and then rejoin the meeting. Is that cool? I'm going to have a child, whoever asked. All right. Yeah. Uh, all, right. all right. Yeah. So, like, so for those of y'all listening, what happened here is we had a drop off, which we will soak into after Chris Lee's um, of professionalism. But Chris, you were saying uh, about um, your father, Howie, and his acting. Yeah. No, I was saying that, like, once he once he retired, he had to try different things, and you know, he also knew when to get out. You know, he was. I didn't think he was that bad at it. You know, for what he was expected to be, which was like athlete on screen. Uh, and I think with if he had time to grow, like in that genre, which is different than like, hey, we're not watching like Casablanca here. Like he would have been he would have grown into a guy that could have got those roles. He just was like, hey, listen, I don't want to be away from my family for for four to six weeks at a time. Like, that's ridiculous. I just retired to be home. And this thing that I thought might be a little thing turned into a thing where they want me to like survive a while and get kicked through a train by Christian Slater. So. I think he got out at the right time and then he turned into a pitch man and like, listen, like the radio shack thing was cool. But then everybody's like, Hey, is your mom, Terry Hatcher? And I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, <laughs> I, I just feel like everybody knows my life. And what's worse is they, they think they know my life and they don't. And my dad knew that. So he tried to be, you know, kind of pick and choose the the endorsements that he did because he was like, yeah, it reflects on my kids. One time they came to him about a Viagra ad and he like mentioned it to me and i was like that i will literally leave like if you do viagra like that's your right but not under my roof you know <laughs> not under my roof <laughs> uh but like um yeah i i think it just he's a visible guy and and it, it made things interesting at times but i totally respect it because now i'm doing a thing that i have to consider like my kids are gonna know they're gonna be able to pull up whatever podcast they want and hear what like i say whatever i want so you you got to be considerate in your next phase because 
you know, if I didn't have any kids, who knows what I'd be doing, but um, this is the niche I've chosen and my dad chose his. So, so you don't know Terry Hatcher then? I don't. I, I'm, just, I I'm just kidding. I think I met her one time and supposedly she's like the nicest person in the world. And my dad thinks she's awesome. And she took good care of him on set and like taught him how to, you know, cause he had to act a little bit in those, you know what I mean? Like, obviously he acted very well. He acted like they were married. Uh, but my dad, my mom was like ready to stab somebody. <laughs> like my mom was gonna shank somebody, like legitimately. So I was like, yeah, dad, you might wanna get out of those Radio Shack commercials. Say so he, he made the right choice. <laughs> so, and speaking of Christian Slater, uh, if you go listen to Chris's podcast a few episodes ago where he does worst NFL numbers, he'll give you a little nugget of this one time he hated Christian Slater's younger brother, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 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 Christian Slater's yeah. younger brother. He like, I was like pretty young. Uh, on the set of Broken Arrow, I mean, I had to be 11 or 12 or something. So like, listen, at that time, we didn't have the internet. There was no Xbox Live. Like, I didn't know what a blowjob was. And this dude was just talking about a blowjob. And he was the cool, like, 14 or 15 year old. And he was like, you know what it is? And I was like, is it like a vacuum? And, uh, <laughs> and everybody in the little circle of kids laughed at me. So I was like, yeah, fuck, fuck this kid. Fuck Christian Slater. <laughs> it was one of the most embarrassing moments oh, that just funny. stuck with you from your childhood. Somebody point blank asked me what it means, and I just swung and missed. And it happens to the best of us. I don't know if so, it does. Uh, no, you're right. It doesn't. <laughs> you're absolutely right. It does not. No, we, we've all been there. We've well, all been there. Christian yeah, Slater's well, brother asked you out the yeah. trailer. Let yeah, us we've know. all had one of the biggest actors of the 80s and 90s have a little brother ask you if uh, you know what a blowjob is. I got to have that guy on the pod and just and just embarrass. Embarrass yes. the fuck out of him. Just ask him a bunch of questions that he doesn't know the answer to. I gotta find him. If you need, people, <laughs> you gotta find if you need an army of people to troll him, you know, you know where. No, to <laughs> I don't want to do that. All right. So it's funny that now we're speaking about how your father didn't make the same type of money y'all make nowadays. And then Beep, he has refused to accept all of us saying no to a scenario. So he wants to ask you the scenario and see if you would do this. Okay. So go ahead, Beep. Yeah. Hey, Chris. Thanks a lot for joining us. Um, no so problem. recently on one of our uh, episodes, I posed a question to the group. If you were given a million dollars a year, tax-free in an unmarked Swiss bank account, uh, the only caveat though is that once a month you get kicked in the shin at a random time, random location by uh, a UFC fighter, Shogun Hua. Uh, you can't block it. You can't defend it. You can't retaliate. Um, you get kicked once a month for the rest of your life, but you get a million dollars a year. Do you do it? I mean, this feels like, can I get out of it after a year? Nope. You're, you're, you're <laughs> locked question. in. I mean, like, I want to say yes, like easily. I mean, like, you know, I, it can't be worse than hitting your shin on the corner of your bed. So here, here's the thing. So Shogun, who was actually rated as one of the hardest kickers in UFC history, I think they did a, a sports science thing on him where he got like 2,700 foot pounds of force out of one of his <laughs> kicks. And it, it takes 4,100 pounds of force to actually break your femur. Um, so oh, so he's getting there. He he is either going to break your leg or it's going to be, you're, you're done for at least. Now, years. is he Brazilian? Is this? Yes. Yeah. Mar Mauricio Rua. Is that what they're, it's, uh, if I'm looking at the right guy, he's 39 years old. He could probably still kick the shit out of my, th my shit. Right. I was hoping he was older and there was like a loophole. I'd be like, yeah, I'll get kicked by 60 year old. <laughs> he wasn't from the era of the people fighting in geese. Like he's like relatively recent. Yeah. 
sort yeah. of yeah yeah i'll do it i mean like who okay. cares it's yeah i mean All it's right. gonna hurt but the best part about it is i could just be rolling my cart through safeway looking at chicken and a biscuit considering what snacks i want um and i get kicked in the shin like that's the best way to get kicked in the shin i'd rather not know it's coming than know it's coming and by the way beep i don't know if they're doing a documentary about you but your camera is like is like Phoenix Suns fan, man, like love it. Thank AK, you. dude. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, man. I'm, I'm trying some new things here. We're, we're doing some new uh, visual uh, visual medium as part of YouTube. So I, I'm in it, man. Yeah, man. Look at Beep. <laughs> I don't even know Beep, but look at Beep. Look oh, at Beep. That's the name of the pod. Chris name, Long, yeah. look at Beep. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate you. Joining. Would you do it, Beep? Yes, I, I would. A million I would bucks? Hope. Yeah, a million bucks. Fuck, dude. I'm, I'm it's a million right dollars. We'll hold hands. They'll just he'll just kick the <laughs> shit out of us once a month. And and you you're at the end of it, you're probably gonna get one of the handicap placards for your car so you can park up front oh. everywhere you go. I mean, there, there's perks. There's perks you guys aren't thinking about out there. Yeah. Also built in excuses at home. I got kicked by a guy they call <laughs> <Shredder>. <laughs> I can't hey, take you, out the trash. You can't do anything. All right. Like you see my leg. We can hire a maid. Boom. Yeah, boom, with that million dollars. I paid for this house. <laughs> <laughs> I paid for this house by just getting beat up. Exactly. Kind of true all, all, anyway here for yours, true. <laughs> Beep and Chris being way manlier than, uh, which we didn't need further evidence for Chris, but Beep, congratulations. You went up there with Chris Long as being much manlier than the rest of us who were yeah. not willing to do it from That microphone he's got. You just block with that, <laughs> block him with that microphone. Yeah, that motherfucker. Uh, I love that microphone, dude. I'm trying to get like Beep. <laughs> DM me. I've, I've Beep got and Chris Long are going to be best friends after this. Yeah, I, I think. I, yeah, I need a hat too. Look at that. <laughs> the Long Beep Show. There we it's go. Just the camera, dude. He's just. <laughs> it's like he's like an angel. Chris, did you smoke before this podcast? <laughs> Not at all. Oh man, I love it. I thought I had some. I said some heavy energy coming off of you there. No, my energy is just like I'm Natural. just in a place in my life where I feel really good. Hell yeah. Well, I feel like I put that to that good attitude to like a halt just by asking that joke. So uh, no, we'll no, 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 no. I will smoke later. <laughs> I will smoke later. But... Mayor, you had uh, a couple things for Chris. Hey, yeah. Uh, thanks a lot, Flem. Thanks, uh, Chris. I love to talk about your dad. You're I'm a lot closer to your dad's age than I probably am to yours. But I, I mean, I remember his playing days and just what a phenomenal as a young football player watching him, he was like the standard. He was like the Billy. Yeah. I'm sure you already know that. He's still pretty uh, tough, but, you know, I think this is a good time to take him. Well, 60 and all that, you know, he's got a, just had a shoulder replaced. I might be able to finally body slam him, I'm thinking. But, well, my dad used to say, just make sure the first punch kills me. That's it. That's it. I, he's like, you better you better drop me with the first one. Yeah, yeah we. that's like a yeah consistent saying, I think. Absolutely. I want to give credit to my buddy, Josh Brock, who turned me on to your podcast, gosh, last year, I guess. But uh, one of the things that I really enjoy about your program, your podcast is the back and forth that you have with Macon. And you're, you're typically kind of checking on him for some of his athletic prowess. I'd like to know what the most athletic thing you've ever seen Macon do. Oh, man. That's a great question. Probably that 12 inch box jump honestly because and for the people listening we did a green light combine shout out to Macon. Macon is the reason why we're able to put out as much content as we do because it helps so much to have a co-host you know you guys have a great group of buddies here you can tell but like you know we're trying to build that kind of thing and it starts with us i mean we were high school best friends you know like we were super tight in high school and i you know it's not just Macon. it's not like we're we're too 
two guys and we don't hang out with other people, but like we, we, we were close. And so, you know, to be able to start this podcast and, and number one, know the person next to me and trust them. But number two, know that they don't give a shit who I am or who people think I am. That's the most important part to me because the last thing I wanted was a co-host that I had to like wonder if they really liked what I was saying or like, usually it's the other problem with making. I can't tell if he hates me or not, but that's part of being best friends. And so um, the banter is awesome, but we did the, the podcast, uh, the combine and he jumped the 12 inch vertical. And I got to say, I don't know how you do that. I really don't know how you physically do that at 35 years of age at his height and weight. Um, I have no idea. I was actually impressed that he couldn't jump higher than 12 inches. So yeah, it was his worst statistic from the combine, but that was the thing that impressed me the most. It was like, how do you do that, dude? He ran a 40 and I thought the wind was going to blow him over. Like it's unbelievable how this guy, but he got a 50 on the Wonderlick. Like we did the Wonderlick. He damn near got it perfect. He got into any college he wanted. He's brilliant. He's three times smarter than me. And he sells real estate like like hotcakes. So God doesn't give everybody everything. Uh, all time favorite layup line song. Man, I don't know. Let me check the playlist real quick. Uh, well, we just we just did a a Biz Marquee song the other day because Biz passed. Um, you know, gosh, that's a fun thing because it's an easy way to steal ten minutes at the front of the pod when you got nothing to talk about. You just talk about some music. Um, I would say probably Mo City Don by Zero uh most city don is a, is and you know what that answers a question the other day and no i'm not going to do it on this podcast because i don't sing or rap for people but like i could probably do that front to back we asked the other day you know if you had a rap song that you had to rap along with under pressure and you wanted to impress people not that most city don is a really deep cut um but i know the whole thing outstanding gonna wrap you up with a good bad and ugly oh nice as good is that tennessee waterfall that you got going it's coming oh, in thanks. very nice well, it's coming in. It's hard to do it justice, but it's coming in. Outstanding there. The bad is that, and this is a bad because I know you don't like it, but my daughter's engaged and uh, she's going to get married somewhere near Savannah, hopefully at some point next year. So I'd like to invite you to the wedding. <laughs> Thank you for waiving the, uh, the appearance fee for that. Four figures. So funny, dude. And, and then the ugly would be, I, I, I'm the mayor of the t of Cartersville, Georgia, hometown of, of Trevor Lawrence. I would really love a shout out on your podcast. Oh, for, on your podcast for that so yeah i would love i would love you, you say you're the mayor yeah, yeah absolutely i'm talking to a mayor and it says mayor matt on your damn thing dude google that shit if you don't believe me oh my god <laughs> look at this hold on a second i'm putting it in my notes i gotta say what's up to zach from walmart and polson and mayor matt <laughs> from trevor lawrenceville that's right we're gonna matt we're gonna probably we're gonna propose something on our pod this week for you i think so just Making and I will be we'll be back with a proposal, but I feel like you got to do something for Trevor Lawrence. Can we try to think of maybe uh, maybe a statue or something? I know we said no more statues, but maybe Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I think Trevor. I think we can get away with Trevor. Let, let's sidebar that, Chris. There's the sidebar. <laughs> yeah. That's great. We got mayors. This is incredible. I'm embarrassed. Yeah, thanks for your time, oh, man. This is this is great, man. I appreciate. Thanks, your time. man. Thanks for listening too. All right. So before I give it to Lou, who does all of our wrap up, I wanted to see, um, so you were mentioning other friends. And so I started listening to you on the Ryan Rossello podcast. Yep. So what I was going to see is how weird would it have been throughout this entire interview if I would have dropped little Ryan names because I'm obsessed with him. Like when you mentioned your tweet and I'd be like, you and Ryan are so good at Twitter, but y'all seem to hate it. Ted's your oh. favorite bartender. Ryan's my favorite bartender. My favorite cereal <laughs> is Rye crispy treats macon or mason as rye calls him 
So I had a bunch of things about my obsession with Rye I wanted to do in the middle of your interview, but figured this was about you. No, he's a good dude, man. Rye, the true measure for me of Ryan as a buddy is he, he, my kids are obsessed with Ryan. Like there's, he has this, like, you know, some people that are kind of assholes have this like gentle touch with kids. Like all of a sudden they get around a kid and the kids just melt and, and the, and the asshole turns into this person that like is no longer dry and insufferable at times. And <laughs> you're like pointing to yourself. You you're preaching. Yeah. Everybody knows you're talking about me right he, now. So yeah, I, listen, we've talked for a few minutes. Like he's the, he's the Kalahari desert compared to you. No offense. Like, I mean, there's no, he's the driest, most miserable person at times to talk to. And the, 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 the juxtaposition for me of learning from somebody who knows the game so well, I mean, he's so, the thing about his podcast is, he doesn't need any help. Like he just turns it on and goes. I know for a fact, like he doesn't cut stuff like, and he has one producer that kind of turns the lights on. Um, And for me, as somebody who's, who's trying to, part of this is not being married and not having kids. So he has all day to research and that sort of thing. But like Ryan knows sports front to back. And as a former athlete, that can be kind of unsettling when you join him on his podcast. You're like, this guy knows sports better than me. He's better at this than me. It can be intimidating, but I also learned a great deal from him the first year, and I got a lot better through failing on his podcast, honestly, because I was all right, but I kind of sucked. And some weeks, like, I just wasn't on his level. And sometimes you're trying to do too much. And, like, uh, Ryan helped me a lot just just kind of shape who I am now, which is still a work in progress doing this. But I know I'm better at it than when I showed up learning from him, and I was really lucky. And I mean, yeah, your your podcast is great as well. So just tell Ryan how good this was, and to lead to answer my DM that he's been sitting on for about a okay. week. Okay, I cool. sure will. All right, I sure will. He's been sitting on it for a week. We both hate Twitter. Like he he really, I, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> Lou, let's go ahead and wrap it up. All right. So Chris, so I have one question and then we actually have a gift for you today. Yeah. So um, if you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? With no negative outcome? Yes. Oh man, I was going to say mac and cheese. Great answer. But I'm going to go a different direction and say like, uh, like, like, uh, like, 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 uh, like a big vegetable, like cooked vegetables. You know, like I just have to bite the bullet and become a vegetarian and whatever happens, we'll see how cool it is. I mean, people tell me how cool it is. We'll find out. I'll do a plate of vegetables. That's boring. I want to live a long time. Fantastic. So um, whenever we have a guest on, we always like to present them with a gift. So uh, I'm I actually at the beach this week and not in my shop, but uh, we made you a, a hat ahead of time. Hold on. If you can't see it. Ooh, it's a hologram it's kind of disappears like hold on i i have to change this so bad i'm sorry i'm sorry all right we're gonna change it off there we go so so, and as as you know this this right here this is glow in dark thread so this will glow green oh my Uh, god i can go into dark bars yep and just like and basically be walking advertisement this is awesome thank you are you gonna send it to me this is so cool i get a gift yeah, absolutely. I think you know what actually I think Reed Reed actually has the other one that I did. Okay, okay, good. I didn't want to rain on your parade because I have one that's fucking sick and I've been wearing it around yeah. the office and I was gonna say you kind of copied the other guy. No, it's the same one. It's just this one is all glowing dark. The other one I did green with an outline. I actually like I'm looking forward to is that black? This is actually this is a navy cap that I had. Money, dude. The yeah. first 
money. And I was like, man, I don't want to tell you that I already have a glow in the dark green light hat that looks exactly like that. <laughs> no. So Lou finally gets his credit. Who's <laughs> the man, dude? Thank he you, is. Lou. I appreciate you guys. That's yeah. so nice you, yeah. man. I'll rock it on the show, dude. I got to shout out Mayor Matt. I got to talk about me and Macon's plan for Trevor Lawrenceville. Um, and uh, Mayor Matt can take it or leave it. And then I got to shout you out, Lou. Appreciate the hat. Absolutely. Uh, at the count of three, what we're going to do is our lovely timing since we're a professional podcast, as you witnessed today. Uh, so everybody at the count of three, let's sing Chris off. One, two, three. Thank, Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, handsome. You're the best, man. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. See y'all, dude. Thank you. See ya. Bye. I think we have a friend.